Nash. Nash. Welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is the wonderfully talented Travis Guyman of Bigfoot Studios. Travis is a local gent here, and um, I'm actually, I've worked with Travis several times in the past now. I love him. I, I love his studio, and he does great, great work. You can check out his studio at Bigfoot Dash. Oh, wait, let me make sure I got that right. Bigfoot studios.com and i will put a link in the show notes so if you are in the region uh in the ohio toledo ohio region and you're looking for a studio to record at uh let me just suggest bigfoot studio he has a great sounding studio he has a, a great ear and um i, I and uh, i just he's a great dude to work with like uh I just like his vibe, you know, his personality's good. He's easy to work with. I can't stand working with engineers who have an attitude problem or who just, you know, like put off those shitty vibes like you're like like you're asking too much of what you're paying them for, you know? <laughs> like it's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you want me to do that now. You want Oh, what? You want me to go move a mic around? You want me to go set up mics? Oh, okay. I guess I no, he's the exact opposite of that. He's very friendly and very awesome. So go check out Travis Guyman's uh, studio, Bigfoot Studios, located in Waterville, Ohio. I think it's in Waterville. Uh, but it's 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 in Toledo. We'll just say Toledo, Ohio. And so if you're in the region and looking for a great place to record, go to Bigfoot-Studios.com and book a session now. And, of course, uh, I'll put all the links in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. And at his website, he has, like, a link to his past work and releases so definitely go check it out again great year awesome conversation i had with travis that's coming up here shortly but first go to randomistique.com uh yeah r-e-i-r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com go check out her latest release uh is hold but she has a new song coming out this next monday uh it is going to be released july 19th uh i i believe it's a monday july 19th she is going to be releasing uh where are you now so go and check that out maybe we'll have um yeah we'll we'll, we'll figure it out where are you now will be out it, it's a great song it'll be out july 19th also uh, Raina streams on uh, Twitch four days a week, and that's Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. So go check her out, and that's all in Eastern Standard Time. That's twitch.tv slash Mystique. Also, I have a single coming out. It's Hot Boy Summer. Uh, I, I, it's going to be out July 16th, and we are doing a giveaway uh, for a T-shirt. So if you are interested in entering... Email me at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com for your chance to win a Hot Boy Summer t-shirt. Uh, just uh, send me an email with your name and I'll enter you into the raffle. And uh, we'll pick a winner on live stream this Friday the 16th on the day of the release on the live stream. Who um, I don't have a guest yet so I can't promote it worth a shit. But... <laughs> 
Uh, I had a guest, and then they dropped out. So it, it's okay. It happens. But uh, so we're we're gonna have a great a, a party, a release party on the 16th. So come through and join us. It's on the it's at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Friday at uh, on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. And uh, again, Hot Boy Summer will be available for streaming everywhere you stream your music. So go ahead uh, and, uh, and and do it big. Uh, you can also support the show monetarily if you want. You can go to our Threadless store where you can buy t-shirts. You can get a Hot Boy Summer t-shirt, JT and the Conspiracy t-shirt. We got... Mad Mike Emo, we got the uh, Pro Wrestler t-shirt, so go and check it out. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff over there at my Threadless store. It's wespeakenglishgood.threadless.com. There's also a link in the show notes, so go and uh, and support your boy. Support me, please. You can also like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Discord, Snapchat, all the stupid things. Uh, like us there. All the links are in the show notes, so go click around. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, or on, you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and Twitch. You can also uh, you can also do do a very free thing if you want to show support to the show. You can do a very free thing and leave a review. Uh, wherever you can leave a review for us on your uh, your app or on your um, wherever you stream your podcast, and if I find it, I'll read it on there. So I found some comments on like a random podcast site. So like you know, if I find them, I'll read them on there. Um, but it's a very helpful thing, and it's a free thing you could do, and it, it's just it helps us to be found. So please do go and give us some uh, some ratings. It'll be very appreciated. Uh, you can, uh, that, oh my God, I think that's it. Uh, again, I don't have a guest for Friday, so whatever. Uh, but for this Friday for the podcast release, we're going to have broken robots on. So I'm very excited about this conversation. I loved it. Uh, we talk a lot about drug use and they just have a really good story, just like a good origin story. So, uh, be prepared for the awesomeness that is the broken Ro- broken robots this Friday, and of course, uh, uh, that th- and and of course the July sixteenth release of Hot Boy Summer. Okay, uh, that's about enough out of me. Let's jump on over to Travis Guyman of Bigfoot Studios. Everybody, uh, again, go to Bigfoot-Studios.com and book some time today. Even if you live on the other side of the world. Come to Toledo to record your next album. Okay, guys, let's go and talk to Travis. Dude, the fucking aliens. What, what's your what's your take on all these this alien stuff that's going on here? I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, 
I'm not opposed to thinking there there could be like aliens out there. You know, I mean, there's a whole universe, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, well, they might be as weird as people think they are. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what, what do you what what do you think those things are that are flying around and like they can they can go from like uh, you know fucking go from the the height of an airplane down to you know a foot above you know land in in less than a second. You know, like in they can go they can go above and below water just as fast it seems there's no there's no pro- propulsion system that's visible there's like you know like so i mean like what do, what do you think what do you personally think that it is i've heard I mean, a, i've heard a lot I, i'm of not different. exactly i guess i haven't heard about this this new development but um so really? there's like thing there's people are seeing things like that are they're not only seeing it they're filming it they're, oh, and wow. the pen, wait, a second, wait a second. Do you not know that the Pentagon has like admitted that these things are like extra? They're not saying they're extraterrestrial, but they're saying that they are not from the U.S. government. That they don't know what it is, and that there is a possibility that they might be interdimensional, extraterrestrial, or terrestrial beings who mm-hmm. are on Earth to or or I've also heard I've also heard it's a hologram. Now that you can resurrect Tupac, you know, oh. like why couldn't they? If you can resurrect Tupac, why can't you? Resu- why can't you? Why can't Tupac you? and Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. So I've heard a lot of this Bigfoot needs a bigger pool. You know what? It's, it's big enough, Moving Dutchman. It's big enough. Uh, this is Amaranth and Indie Fox were both I, banned. Were they really? I, I move back, it's bigger. Oh, there you go. You feel better now. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Wait a second. Amaranth and Indie Fox were banned? Oh shit! Damn my my fucking I still have a sub to Indie Fox. What a waste of money! God damn it! I, you probably don't know who Indie Fox or Amaranth is, do you, Travis? I don't. <laughs> they're, they're, do you know who what E Girls are? I uh, man, you gotta school me on dude, some Travis. You stuff. live in your studio, bro. <laughs> Talk about censorship for real. Holy shit! And like the funny, okay, so these were e girls, who yeah. um, who didn't really. I mean, they're obviously showing their boobs and stuff for money, but they were cool, and and obviously they were showing off flesh for for cash. But it like they kept like Twitch kept on they keep on moving the goalposts, and that's the problem with a lot of these social media companies. Mm-hmm. They move the goalposts on what's acceptable and what's what is. For example, they're they're right now they're having a big there's this big uh, wave that's going through the music category in which uh, there's a lot of copyright infringements going on. Well, they they're saying they're going to start doing these copyright infringements because Twitch has a license to hmm. um, good for Twitch go to other websites for eagles. <laughs> Moving Dutchman, I didn't know that. I didn't know you had it. Like, is is that why you don't go to Sarah Jazz anymore? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Hey, you know what? It, it's it's. I'm not against e girls on the platform personally. You know, I, I respect your 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 uh, your your uh, decision on all that. M- moving Dutchman, you don't want to see e girls on Twitch. I get it. It's video games and other stuff, but I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind seeing boobies. I don't mind. Um, Amaranth is funny. 
Indy Fox is funny. Like, they're both, like, fun to hang out with. So it's like, Twitch is a big enough not to care about the money these influence are bringing in. I guess you're right. But, so, anyways, Amaranth and Indy Fox are, like, one of the two top of the food chain of e-girls on this platform. And uh, they kept on changing and moving the goalpost and and sort of like so they couldn't dance anymore so they had to like stand still and and like move their arms around they couldn't like shake their boobs still banned you're still banned but yet you're still subbed what the- <laughs> but you still have her fucking <laughs> oh I'm sorry Travis I know this is all like just this is probably like you have no idea what's going on but that's okay. I'm learning a lot. He's like, I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm, <laughs> I made it. All right. No, it's a bit emo. Oh, okay, okay. So you get to keep that, huh? Um. Anyways, so uh, the, so now they're banned. Apparently, they banned their asses. The <laughs> problem is, there's no clear definitions on what's acceptable, and I think that's the problem with a lot of these on these uh social media sites is that people are getting banned left and right for. Any reason they deem, uh, you know, any reason. They don't even have to give a reason anymore either. So, I mean, I get it. It's like it's Twitch. They have their platform. It's their platform. They have their rules and such. But I think that you should be a little bit more clear about what's acceptable and what's not because they're just constantly just making it up as they go along, which they say they can ban you for any reason at all. That It's right in the TOS. So... You know, coming into this platform, you got to know that it's fucking, you could get bad. But what I was saying about the copyright infringement is, is that like the music, uh, the music category is having problems right now where you can, they have a license so you can play covers, but you, they don't have a license for recording said covers. So basically those VODs that are left over after you live stream, those are considered recordings. Yeah. And so they can you can get a copyright infringement or banned or whatever for having those VODs. So a lot of these streamers now have moved all their VODs to YouTube and now direct people to YouTube. I mean, hmm. it's a big hit for uh, for the music category because when people come to your channel and you're not on, you're not live, they go through hmm. your old videos, right? And they go through your VODs and check you out. And so it really does put a damper on on gaining new people, and uh, I, I don't know, man. It, it's just everything's getting locked down way more. Have, I, I know you primarily stream on Facebook and YouTube, and, and recently you added in Twitch. But um, have you had any problems with takedowns on Facebook? I, you know, I've never had any of the live streams we've done taken down afterwards mm-hmm. um, because we, we tend to, for the most part, stick to. You know the artists that are coming in are playing their their own original music, yeah. so so they kind of got their own. They've got the rights to that. Right. So it, I don't see how it could be taken down unless it got flagged as you know, like previously recorded, and you know the artist didn't know or something. Well, well uh, the, the funny thing is, is that I I was playing a song with um, my my friends on stream, and his own song got muted off of the, the and it's an original song and it's his own song got muted on the on the final VOD so we're we're running into problems where like people who actually own the rights to their own music are getting flagged and getting muted or getting taken down because yeah. of their own music and well, I mean it's, it's probably like you know 
everything's like these these computer algorithms mm-hmm. so when they hear something that's you know been recorded or has been released you know and it cross-references with you know a million different songs or whatever right. and, uh, it just takes them down automatically without actually finding out if you know it was okay to do or if it, they, they don't even recognize that like you said the artist was even the one performing <laughs> right yeah and and so like how how do we get past that shit like how do we how do we do that i mean as someone who's you know in the you know like i know you you're in the you recording and and the mixing and mastering side of it how much of it do you do on the business side of it besides handling your own finances do you ever do anything outside of just you know like um, you know copywriting your music doing anything like that um i mean i i, I try to i'm I, I don't necessarily do it but i try to point artists in the right direction so that they're you know legally okay <laughs> you know when they they release their music they're not gonna get someone to steal it or they're they're not going to uh they're gonna release it in a way that is the most professional they're not gonna release it to just like uh youtube you know mm. you know yeah it's a... <laughs> yeah most of the people who go through there are, most of the time if they're paying you to record them they're probably going to go through the process the correct steps to to put it out uh, yeah but i was just curious if you handle any of that side on yours like when you're done with an album do you just be like are you just like here you go here's the masters and you go deal with it or have you ever helped and assisted people with sort of getting it out and distributed uh, I mean, I help you. I, uh, I tend to be the one that sends it for duplication or uploads it. You know, mm. that's about as that's about as far as I go. You right. know, I don't necessarily act as like, say, a manager or, or a right, right. Thing for, for the bands. But um, so basically, you know, I record it, mix it, master it. A lot of times I'll, you know, even produce the album and like a help artistically you know shape them so that to the to what they want to be you know mm-hmm. as a final recorded artist um but as far as like the you know promoting it afterwards the, i mean that's <laughs> it's not exactly that's not my thing bro you promote yeah, your yeah, own that's, albums it's <laughs> like I don't. I, I gotta well, promote pro, promote the studio and stuff. So. Well, I don't know, like, because I know this is like different worlds for you. Because when we're talking about like Twitch and like the copyrights and stuff like that, that's a little bit outside of what you're doing. Uh, but but you know, like with your live streaming on the Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's cool that you haven't had any problems with Facebook because I know that like every time we do something that has to do with covers with it, like I, at least for me is always getting a takedown or, or muted or something. It's like Facebook has always seemed to be like the, the, the shittiest of all the stream platforms, but <laughs> maybe they're stepping up because uh, now Facebook is paying their streamers. When someone subscribes to you, they're giving you the full amount of money. So if, if the subscription costs $5, you get $5. Whereas on Twitch, you pay $5 and the streamer gets $250 and, the, and Twitch gets the other $250. So, you know, there's some, there's some aspects. If, if Facebook can come up, you know, which nobody from Twitch likes Facebook. Like, no, like, <laughs> this is like uh, the biggest anti-Facebook fucking platform I've yeah. ever been a part of. <laughs> Big Pablo, welcome. Good to see you. Snaya, I snaw you sneak in there. Um, yeah, in any case, 
whatever. It, it, we're we're going to have to just deal with it as it goes. Mm. Um, I am okay with dressing sexy or even nudity. Moving Dutchman, <laughs> I didn't know you had it in you. Uh, unless it is your main thing you do on your channel. So go for it. You know, again, I, I just, I don't have anything against... Oh, Papa, sweet. You got those those Goldbergs. Get your Goldbergs out. Hold on. I gotta go. I'm, I'm sorry I got distracted. This is this is what happens, Travis. You come on the show and then I just talk to the chat. <laughs> sweet potatoes and hers. Yes, much love. Thank you for that gifted sub, by the way, from the other day. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bigfoot's too. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for that contribution, brother. Yes. I don't know, you know, like you're married, so you're probably not on the e-girl sites or anything, you know, but like, uh, can't say that. <laughs> but it's a, I don't know, like, what what is your opinion on like e-girls and like the OnlyFans stuff? I mean, what, what, where do you stand with all that? Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's an audience for everything. Mm. So, and, and obviously I could see, you know, there being a big audience for that, you know, huge. Huge. Real <laughs> big. I, I, I wasn't personally ever into it. I mean, I, I wasn't on Twitch till like beginning of or the end of last year. Right, right. So, uh, well, I I'm mean, but but you're on agree. but you but you're on social media and you're aware yeah, of, yeah. of these of, of women who are scantily dressed and selling, you know, links for, for a, a nominal fee. Um mm. by the way, I, I gotta give a big shout out to my sister for getting me this is a, my Father's Day shirt from my sister. It says, Dad and better in Toledo. More Toledo <laughs> propaganda. Uh, my my sister likes to give me Toledo propaganda since I, uh, nice. well, I didn't want to come back to Toledo. And when I had to come back to Toledo, I was very upset about it. So now she just like, she's trying to like inundate me with like propaganda. It's like, you'll do better in Toledo. Dad and better in Toledo. You love it in Toledo. <laughs> We are doing better in Toledo. Have been. Yeah, like I just we have a we have like a whole collection of like doing better in Toledo swag that my sister's trying to uh, to doctrinize us with. <sighs> Anyways, Travis, um tell me tell me what what how do you get when do you get started with music? What's the first instrument you play cuz cuz Travis is a multi-instrumentalist, but it was the I, first yeah. instrument you 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 stepped into and Really, I mean the, the first instrument like I took serious. I mean, you know, everyone goes to fourth grade; they get the choice to play like a string instrument. Mm -hmm. um, I picked viola, but I only played it for fourth grade. That's it. <laughs> and then, then when I went to fifth grade, you know, they introduced the brass instruments. So I started playing trombone, and I still play trombone. And I went to, uh, you know, ended up, you know, it's what got me into music school and stuff. Um, so trombone was the first instrument that I really took seriously and started, you know, learning actually how to play it and not just kind of noodling around and, and, uh, and, uh, just <laughs> figuring things out, uh, learning to read music and everything and just really buckling down on it. So, yeah. So in fifth grade, after fifth grade, I kept playing trombone, went to marching band uh high school came you know i wanted to play something cooler so i picked up the guitar <laughs> is that <laughs> how it goes though like you're in high school yeah. and you're just like i need to upgrade this shit like fuck yeah. it this I'm tromboner trombone. <laughs> yeah, try, exactly <laughs> i gotta play my boner <laughs> yeah where's my boner yeah so I, I when i was in my sophomore year of high school i started playing trombone 
And within two months, a, a guy in school asked me to join a metal band. So I started playing, playing, you know, guitar in a band after two months of playing. Um, so it kind of was like a quick learning process in a way because I didn't really know how to play. I was my solos were just like picking really fast and and moving my fingers anywhere on the frets. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, fucking rocking, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I, I gotta learn to to play this if I want to be in a band. So you know, so I mean we we you know started playing shows within like probably four or five months of being a band, you know, writing our own original death metal music. <laughs> was that hard uh, for you guys? Did you guys write really quickly? Or I mean, I'm guessing that it probably wasn't very good. But I mean, I mean it wasn't wasn't good at all. <laughs> um, and the, the the name wasn't good either. It was well, the the name was called Stilt Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Yeah, we played together for two years. <laughs> you know, and we ended up, you know, we got signed to a little local label and stuff oh, in uh Rock Shot Records. Rock Shot. Uh, yeah. By the way, I didn't want I I want to keep your plays there. Moving Dutchman uh gifted you a sub and and so just so you know. And look, everybody knows. Uh, like, well, look, Travis doesn't know the etiquette, but when when you get a gifted sub, you say thank you. No, nope, thank you. <laughs> look, I'm just, I'm trying to hip you to the game, son. I'm trying. Hey, bro, you want to smoke a bowl? Yeah, of course. Uh, I went to the bathroom at the reception, and there was a wedding guest there in the final next final next to me. He looked at me in the eyes and said, "Hey, bro, you want to go smoke a bowl?" Hey, thank you for that woo. Uh, wow, that's awesome, Papa. Uh, Papa, sweet, your dream. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing, an amazing uh, wedding. Like, uh, if only I have been to a wedding like that. I have not. I've only been to wedding. I smoked that bowl with him. You better believe it. Damn right you did. You bet. You earned that bowl. If you got, if you got to drag motherfuckers out of the bathroom or out of the bar on their own wedding day, damn right you've earned that that bowl. You damn right. You take that bowl and you and you and you smoke it. Um. Anyways, so so you got the zombies going. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you but but you got signed. You got signed to a yeah, local. I mean, I, 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 we we got signed, but it wasn't didn't really do it. It was like this guy that just started a label for fun, and and uh, you know, he thought it would be a cool thing to do. And but that's yeah, so he, weird. He, like he, he recorded all the stuff himself. He released it all himself. It sounded awful. Like <laughs> a few years ago, I went back and I was like, hey, I'm curious what this sounds like, and. Just not based on the musicality, because that wasn't right. good either for being, you know, young and not knowing how to play guitar. <laughs> um, just listening to it as an engineer now, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's crazy. Um, are, are you still friends with that guy who signed you, or do you talk to that person? I, you know, I, I haven't talked to him since I was in high school. Did, did... I, I, I tried looking it up, you know, a while back, and can't find him anywhere the the label doesn't exist anymore i don't know if he is around anymore or isn't alive or... isn't that weird like isn't that weird how fucking people w- will get a little money or they might have a little money and 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 they're fans of music and then so they'll be like you know what i'm gonna just start a label because i like music and it, and then it's like they find out how much is involved 
how much you have to like how much you have to pay you know like it, it depending on what you're offering as a deal so so the deal was for you guys and, and i know it was an independent small local deal but the the deal was what like an album recording and he'd promote yeah, it was it. basically an album recording and you know he split the profits 50 50 Ooh, how, uh, how much did you make i i mean enough to buy more cds <laughs> wow hey but yeah. that's not bad i mean yeah yeah how, i mean it, it's not very often that people make an album these days and recoup their money <laughs> you know? yeah i just i just remember when we like we like uh it was i think it was my junior year or senior year of high school that we like officially broke up you know <laughs> and we had to like take our box of cds that were unsold to this guy just be, I don't know what he was planning on doing with them, but he wanted them back. <laughs> He's like, I want like, those back. <laughs> like, no one's going to buy them except like our high school friends that went to shows, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but he has them. He has them now. Yeah. They're in his possession. I don't, I don't really know what that guy actually did for a living. Wow. I just remember, I remember he had like boxes of KY jelly just sitting around in his house. And I don't know what, <laughs> what that was about. <laughs> That's what that was about right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was about, baby. Maybe it, Maybe it did weird stuff, you know. I don't know. Hey. But <laughs> whatever. Let, let, let it ride, man. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean, our, I'm a big our, supporter of people with like, you know, weird kinks in their private life. Yeah. Even if it's in their public life, I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just remember like our parents, you know, because we we didn't drive, you know, so our parents would drop us off at this guy's house in <laughs> in Napoleon, Ohio. <laughs> uh, they would never go inside, so they didn't know what was in there. <laughs> they didn't know he had cases of uh, KY. So our, our parents would drive us to all the the gigs and stuff, and um, I was like, "Mom, you're never allowed to watch one of these shows because." For one, one of our songs was called Kill Your Parents. Oh, <laughs> And I, you know, I love my parents. So, yeah. and I, I did then too. So I don't, I, I was just like peer pressured into playing this song. See, you know? I don't and, know, guys. I don't really like the content of this song. Yeah, Shut exactly. up. Just play the fucking bass, bitch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of how it was. <laughs> I get it, man. I was the bassist too. I was the bassist too. <laughs> Look, I, I, I had, I got, um, in my first, very first, like, real band, real, and I say real with, with, with air quotes here, my first real band was, like, uh, it was, like, three guitarists and a drummer, and mm -hmm. it was, like, we gotta get a fucking, we need a bass player, and they were just, like, Mike, you're the worst at guitar, so you have to get the bass. So I, I had to beg my parents for a bass. Just, just, and you know what? The motherfuckers ended up kicking me. Uh, his parents heard a, a, um, I used to talk to him all the time on the phone when people used to talk on the phone. And, mm -hmm. um, the answering machine one time recorded our entire conversation somehow. And on that conversation, I'm talking about like dropping acid and smoking weed and stuff. So one day my dad dropped, drives me out there to drop me off for rehearsal and his dad comes out there and he was just like, nope, nope, turn around and go. You're not welcome here anymore. You got to go. You got to go. And my dad, and, and he's, I was like, okay, my and dude didn't say shit. And, and all he said, it was like, listen, you need help. 
<laughs> That's what he said to me. And, and I I was I was like, okay. And I was just so stoked that he didn't say why. And, yeah. and I kind of figured why. And like me and my friend kind of talked it over. And uh and, and my dad was, drove away and he was like, Well, what the hell was that? I was like, Oh, um, I did a video and um uh, I, I put some stupid things on there about, like, killing babies or something, and um, he didn't like that, and so I'm guessing that's why he don't want me there anymore, and my dad was just like, what? That doesn't even make sense, which, you know, the thing was is that I was, like, a really obnoxious kid, and, and a, a thing like killing babies, my dad wasn't surprised by, you know, like, my dad was just like, huh, that's weird, why would he care? <laughs> but it's like, you know, I was a, I was a troubled youth. It's okay, though. Uh, we got past it, kind of. It's okay, Travis. I silently pray that my parents will never decide to get into podcasts and listen to mine. They would learn so many things I didn't... Oh, my God, Papa Sweet. Dude, you have no idea. You have no idea. My mom figured out how to listen to my podcast, and it's just, it's just nightmare after nightmare, okay? It's like I'm talking about shooting dope and fucking... Fucking doing like the worst things that you could possibly do. It's just like, uh, I I I I know your fear, Papa Sweet. Papa Sweet, we've talked about this before, haven't we? I've known about your podcast. You've sent me something, right, bro? <laughs> yeah, it's scary shit. Anyways, you know, uh, kill your parents. Anyways, so you did. <laughs> You were afraid that your parents would see it. So did they ever come? No, to I your... mean, no. My parents knew about the song. I was just like, "Mom and Dad, this so, is, I don't, I, wanna... I don't, I don't want to kill you." You so, Mom and Dad, let me just, Mom, Paul, I want to say something right now. I'm gonna put it all out there. I don't want to kill you. Never have, never will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> something a 15 year old normally doesn't have to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to kill you. I promise. It's just my asshole friends. Um. Uh, the did your parents ever see you guys perform then, or did they just heed your warning? Uh, I don't think. I think I got them to to never watch, a, to never come to a show. I mean, my mom literally drove us to every gig we ever played, um, in high school, and uh, I was able to persuade her not to come in. So, wow. well, that's so some I, good. So I got pretty lucky. Let me tell you. I, if pretty I would, embarrassed. If I would have told my mom not to come in, she would have been like, "Oh fuck you, I'm coming in." <laughs> so, but she already she already knew that one. She knew that trick. Uh, mom, don't come in. I don't want you to see it. It's like, oh bitch, I'm gonna see what you're doing. I'm gonna see yeah. it. Hey, whether or not I do something about it is a totally different thing. But I'm gonna see it, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I sent her an RSS link that I knew she would be able to figure out. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> that's rude, Papa Sweet. Papa Sweet, um, drop a link to your podcast in here. I think you can still drop links in here. I don't think I've um, do that, but drop a link so I can check it out, please. <laughs> um, so then, so then, so that was your first band. Did you guys play? Like, what were like venues you guys were playing? I around here we played. It was called the Bijou at the time. I I don't even know what it's called anymore. It was the Zodiac and Rocket Bar. Is that the one over uh, on uh, Reynolds or something over on? on, on the... It's on Burn. Burn. That's right. Burn yeah. next to the strip club or something. Yeah, I played that. We played uh, Rick's Cafe, which was terrible. 
It's like <laughs> it, you got like fleas in your drinks and the bathrooms are always sticky with who knows what. I mean, I, I could have, I have a feeling I know what it was, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And you know, we played there and, you know, we played some, some, we played like Harpo's in Detroit. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Which was, that was pretty cool. Another one that was my mom drove us to, I'm going to talk about my mom again, just cause this is pretty funny. She drove us to Harpo's in Detroit and then, we we went inside we played the show we were in there for probably like you know two three hours and she just waited outside in the middle of detroit like this is like it's not the good it's not a good area of detroit Uh, (laughs) and then she literally had like cops drive up to her window and they were like you shouldn't be here you know it's after dark (laughs) what are you doing lady yeah and and then like after the gig, I, we were like, oh, we need Little Caesars pizza. So we went to little, all, across the street was a Little Caesars with like bulletproof glass windows. Oh. <laughs> and just like, think of like a zombie horde of homeless people yeah. in front of the building. <laughs> so, uh... you come out, come outside with your pizza box and they're like trying to get your food. <laughs> food let me get a slice. <laughs> I always love that. I always love the homeless people who are brazen enough to be like, let me get a piece of that. <laughs> and I usually give them a piece too. It's like, if I got something I can break off, I usually do it. But, but it's like, it's so funny that I mean, it's just, you know, some homeless people just don't give a fuck. And hey, yeah. if, if you're, if you're sleeping on the streets at night, especially in a place like Toledo uh, or Detroit, uh, mm. fuck you know, I get it. Am I doing it wrong? Um, you might be. I might have put a ban on it. How do I? Raina, do you know how I allow people to do stuff or do I have to set that command up? Um, anyways, uh, you know what? Fuck that. Just send it. Will you send it a whisper and I'll just drop it in the in the stuff. So if you can just drop me a whisper, um, Papa, and then I'll, I'll, I'll put the link in there so everyone can get to it as well. But also, I want to get to it as well. Oh, permit. Okay, sweet. Well, I I love that. I love that your mom was just sitting there in the hood of Detroit, just fucking yeah. <laughs> waiting for the kids to get out of Harpo's. Oh, yeah. So I mean, that was, it was a good experience, you know. Like, of course, to kind of get that kind of stuff, you know, fairly early on. And at the same time, I was playing in marching band, and I was in one of the marching bands that did competitions every weekend and stuff so so i kind of got two different versions of music at the Mm -hmm. same time i got the like playing these you know gross bars and venues and you know playing like in stadiums and stuff and competing at the same time which was you know it was a good it kind of brought the two different things together having fun and taking things seriously so, um, so on the other hand, you were doing like you were doing stuff through school and playing. What, 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 what you said something about stadiums? Like what? What? Yeah, like, uh, like I went to Mommy High School, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and they have a, or they had not really anymore, but they had a serious marching band program. Mm. And it, you know, most marching bands you play every Friday at football games and right. stuff, but this was one where, you know, on Saturdays you would you know drive to columbus or cleveland or right. and compete against you know all the other marching bands in the state or whatever so mommy has a good band 
Yeah, they they well, did. They did. It's, it's not so great anymore. It's kind of the the music program is kind of diminished quite a bit. Well, you know what? <laughs> like, I think I think because when did you graduate high school? On two thousand nine. Oh, okay, so that was like right as the as the uh, the economic downturn kind of came and and really hit Toledo yeah. and stuff hard. So after that, I know it was really crazy. Um, for funding because that after that a lot of funding dried up for schools even in like like uh, in in California in San Diego there's this really very wealthy uh, beach town called La Jolla mm-hmm. and um, I mean it's gorgeous there and it's just like a bunch of fucking rich surfers live there and they're real particular about their ways let me tell you fucking assholes uh, but the the uh, their their elementary school they even the richest one of like arguably the richest elementary schools in the city cut art and music completely mm-hmm. and so what the parents did which you know not every school district has this but these parents are very you know they're they're uh they're very uh have money they're rich they're rich motherfuckers so they got together and they created a farmers market to raise money to pay teachers so they could have an art and music program at their school wow not, not everyone has that uh that ability and and not every district has that good fortune obviously you know like south side uh, south side of chicago you know the school districts over there i doubt if that's happening you know what happens hmm. there is they just cut the programs and that yeah and it's like the kids just well fuck you with art fuck you with music uh you're just gonna learn how to read and write and listen and and maybe maybe you will maybe you're just gonna learn how to follow follow rules fortunately you know it's like there's a lot more places to learn you know instruments and stuff just because of the the growth of the internet and all the different videos and stuff out there um even since I was in high school, you know, it's, it's grown so much. And, Absolutely. you know, that was, I guess, I don't even, 11, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was a little while ago, not too far. But, but yeah, the, the, it's just crazy how, how far the internet and just the, the social aspect of it has come in all these tutorial videos. Um, so, I mean, you're seeing, like, it's crazy watching these, like, three-year-old or six-year-old drummers and bass players and guitar players popping up and they're just like shredding on the internet and it's like ripping yeah it's like i don't understand how that even happened (laughs) it's like it it just i mean it's just a lot of it has to do with being really gifted at it right having Um, having a having a propensity towards learning music or learning or or just towards an instrument definitely helps but i mean the, I think you're right. The internet and YouTube really took over where where all these like academies and music schools mm-hmm. and stuff failed, because I mean a lot of shit a lot of shit went wrong in the in 2008 2009, especially mm-hmm. in the Midwest. And I'm I'm witnessing this from afar. Like I'm in San Diego by this time, and out there it was shit too. Like the music scene was really disparate and stuff. And it wasn't until you know uh, until the economy started kind of coming back to life that we saw more venues pop up in San Diego where we saw more places to play where we saw communities grow. And, and, and I think that's the whole thing is like when, when, uh, when there's a plenty of food, everybody's eaten, 
But mm-hmm. when food gets low, you know, shit gets real weird real quick. So it's like, um, in the midst of all that, Toledo as a music scene, you know, when you're when you're witnessing all this, how was it in your per- perspective? And were you even a part of it? Uh, I mean, you know, I was part of it. I say, you know, by default, I guess, by playing in bands and stuff. But I never really made, you know, when I was 15, 16 and playing shows and stuff, I never really made any lasting connections, you know, that I necessarily have today. I mean, some of the musicians that I went to school with, you know, we ended up playing together and other bands later on. But as far as like, you know, meeting other people in town that that weren't part of my original circle, I never really made those connections until you know, until I started the studio and then I started, you know, promoting that and working with a bunch of different artists around town. So, so you kind of stayed in the, um, you just sort of stayed to yourself and sort of started creating your own little network of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, as, as I, when I was younger, I was a lot, I mean, I'm still a fairly quiet person, mm-hmm. but when I was younger, I was even more so, and I was very much an introvert, and, yeah. and it was hard for me to make connections with other people. So I had to, uh, you know, I just kind of followed everyone and, you know, played, you know, played music with people, but, you know, just showed up to shows and played, you know, and kind of took in the information and learned a lot, but didn't, didn't make didn't make connections even when i went to college for music i didn't really make connections in college um it was really like the year after when i was trying to you know figure out how i was going to make everything work and and make uh make a living doing this where i started to kind of try to get out of the get out of my shell and uh you know make connections because connections are so important to a lasting for, for a lasting business and just you know, for a lasting, you know, so, so you, uh, you know, just make it. Um, I mean, it's, if you don't have, you have, you have to, people have to want to work with you, you know, to make it as a recording engineer, you can't be like a quiet guy and, and, uh, and, uh, man, I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you have to, you have to, uh, you really have to put yourself out there. Uh, your network is your net worth. Like, and, and if you're not talking to people, if you're not putting out your business, I mean, like, especially a recording studio and, and especially in a time where, where home recording is, is so affordable, you know? So like, mm. uh, there the options to go and actually pay an engineer with the equipment, you know, that option is, is, is for some just like, that's not even like on their mind, you know, it's like, I can just, I got my nice microphone, I got my interface and I got my laptop and I'm going. Um, so, so there's competition with just technology itself. Mm. And, and so there's so much that goes into this, but if you don't have anybody to do it with, if you don't have anyone to record, if you don't have clients, if you don't have a good name in town, which mm. Travis has a good name in town, by the way, everyone like all my friends, I, I, most of my music friends here know Travis and love Travis, and I'm one of them. Uh, but uh, you know, like it, it isn't really, it is really important to maintain these relationships and to build relationships. And it's, I, I find it interesting that uh, you know, like 
I always find it interesting that artists and musicians always find are always like introverts, and but yet they want to do these things where like they're in front of everybody doing all these things. You know, it's like, hey, look at me, I'm an introvert, but don't look too hard. Uh, Or or you want to be behind the scenes, which makes sense as well. Um, so how did you end up, so, so what made you, you know, in college, what was your idea? What would you, what were you going to do after college? What was your, um, were you just going to try to be a musician? Like, did you always have the idea of, well, I mean, I kind of, I kind of wanted to do both. I kind of wanted to be a musician and a recording, recording engineer, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I am, but I ended up becoming more or falling more in love with being a recording engineer and how that process worked how it combines you know your musicality with your your technical technical abilities um and that just felt more suiting to me and how i like to work versus you know when i was playing shows a lot i you know i got nervous before every show and just like uncomfortably nervous Mm. um until you know unless we're like when we would at one point you know we'd be playing you know every couple weeks or something but and then another time we were playing multiple times a week and it got better when I was playing multiple times a week. Cause you get used to the, you know, playing in front of people. And then when you, you know, have a few weeks off from a gig, it just got harder again. Yeah. So, so I just kind of, you know, naturally pushed myself towards being a recording engineer and working on that. Um, because it just not 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 because i like the comfort of it because you know i'm not in front of people except the people recording here but because i just enjoy it more Mm. um i mean it is just naturally more comfortable but i do try to push myself to get better you know i don't try to you know i'm not never one to try to just plateau and just not not continually improve at things yeah yeah which happens a lot with people they hit this certain level of either playing or or business or whatever it is they hit this certain level of working out that happens a lot with working out especially for me i plateau all the time (laughs) well not lately because i've been on the game being a fat fuck so um the the yeah, like you get to these certain points and, and you don't push through. And some people just sort of like, they're like, yeah, good enough. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And then meanwhile, time passes and you're in your, you know, your equipment's dated now. And, <laughs> you know, which isn't bad all the time. But still, it's yeah. like, it, it it's like, you know, if you're not, if you get to a certain point, like I, I knew this guy who was an 80s metalhead and he had this, uh, this badass, uh, he had this badass like recording studio and like video studio in, in uh, Riverside, California. Okay. And he was super, super, super critical on like digital effects and like all these things and, and his, and his studio. And this was like years ago, right? Before mm-hmm. like digital was still good, you know, MIDI was pretty good. But, like, now MIDI and digital stuff is just out of control. Like, it's so good now. You know, the sampling, the sampling, it, it just, it's so good. It, it's, it really is hard to tell on certain things. Um, so I can see from that aspect, but he was very much into the old gear, which, again, there's a market for old gear. But it was, like, the 80s shitty gear. Like, like <laughs> what was that? Oh, what, what, what do you call like what's some shitty gear from the 80s that fucking we make fun of i don't know he had like behringer amps 
in uh, like like the Bouguera. Well, I mean, Bouguera is not that old, but the, but yeah, I, I mean, I know what you're talking about. Just, just like outdated uh, just shit. The stuff that's meant for like you know the '80s hair metal that doesn't really work. Right. That for, doesn't work for what yeah, was happening. For most yeah. <laughs> so so like he was so against it, and so when we were talking, he was just like he, he was just discriminatory towards fucking towards like MIDI and shit. And I'm just like, wow, man. Like I mean, you know, this is the future, and he's like, no, man, people are always gonna want hardware. It's like, bitch. Not only do people not want hardware, I just I just picked this up. <laughs> not only do people want fucking. A dig not only are people fucking abandoning these huge double fucking stacked marshals and trading it for fucking, you know, little combos and, and like everything's smaller, everything went smaller, everything's going digital. And even to the point now where like pedals like this, uh, this is a <laughs> this is a shitty Joyo, uh, which I'm not I'm not going to tell everybody to go out and buy these yet. I'm still fucking I'm still messing with it. Now this is uh like a, a mid grade, not even mid grade. This is this is this is about mid grade it, it, for the pricing. It's about mid grade because like one of the better pedals of these were was about four hundred dollars, and this was about one fifty with a discount on Amazon. But this is a uh, this is an amp. This is an amplifier. This is a, a amplifier in. It's not only an amplifier. It's fucking nine amplifiers. So not only do I have fucking, you know, a twin reverb or a fucking, you know, a Marshall stack, you know, I have just, uh, I just Vox. I got a whole fucking array of shit in this box, in this fucking box. And so when you think about people who sort of hit these points and then like don't try <laughs> or, or not interested in trying, mm. you tend to get left behind. And like I, I don't know how good that guy's doing. You know, I haven't talked to that man in over fifteen years. But it's like, I can't imagine he's doing great. <laughs> you know, like, I can't imagine he's fucking burning up the fucking Southern California scene with his uh, with his shit, with his shit equipment. But and and the thing is, is that you know, like especially buying old equipment like that, and especially him being who he was from the time period he was from. It's mm. like that equipment was super expensive when he bought it. So like he, in his mind, he's like, done. I'm done. <laughs> I just spent like 50 grand on all this shit. And, and, and I'm done. And that's it forever. And then it's like, well, that's not really how it works. Have you ran into any of those problems where you're like, where your shit's starting to become dated or like, you're just like, you're, you're, um. you're or, or have you, are you finding yourself upgrading a lot? And, I'm guessing that probably upgrades are more in the in in the sense of like, you know, upgrading like plugins and and digital stuff. But it it applies to hardware too. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I use a ton of hardware and I use a ton of you know digital effects and digital you know emulation stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's really you know for for my style of you know of engineering, I like to get as much as I can into the box the way the way it sounds mm -hmm. versus like you know playing through a di box and then using amp modelers afterwards nice. so i mean i kind of fall in this kind of gray area you know where um because because the kinds of bands i work with are more you know it's like i, I do a lot of like 
country and blues and Americana and folk. Yeah, and, they want real instrument, yeah, real so instrumentation. They want, I mean, yeah. you've been to the studio. I mean, I've got stacks of amps, mm-hmm. a real real piano, Fender Rhodes. I've got the Hammond organ. Yeah. Um, so I've got, you know, I try, try to have something, you know, r- real that for pretty much anything you'll need for the most part. And um, when I don't have something, I'll, I will, you know, go towards digital. Like, you know, one of my favorite plugins for bass is a B15 plugin. Cause I don't have a Ampeg B15, mm. you know, bass amp. Right. Um, so, I mean, I've got, you know, t- I've got tons of hardware stuff or I've got tons of, you know, digital hardware emulation i mean most of the plugins i used are you know digital emulations of old like uh la2as and 1176 you know old old hardware you know and you know if i had if i could have the real stuff i would but there's really so for how close it is there's really not necessarily a need to have it um when you can spend 50 100 bucks on a plugin versus two thousand twenty five hundred dollars yeah. yeah absolutely um, so it's it's really you know i've got a few really good hardware pieces that i'll use for mixing but for the most part i'll mix in the box hmm. um and a lot of the hardware stuff i do use i use recording so i don't have to use it during mixing because i like to be able to bounce down um i don't like to bounce down in real time which you have to do if you use hardware units hmm. If I, so when I'm bouncing a mix, it's like it takes, you know, 20 seconds to bounce out versus the length of the song. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully so, it's not a 30 minute song, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that Pro Tools shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize Pro Tools upgraded like that or updated to not being real time. Yeah, you know, it was. You I had think that around option. 2010. Yeah. That was, yeah, uh, they, uh, they finally. Uh, got away from the real-time bounce down which was a game changer for pro tools users <laughs> yeah well no shit like i remember like in those in like 2005 using those that pro tools and and fucking being like are you serious and i used to like not know how to arrange music so my songs would be like 20 minutes long of just a bunch of shit just smashed together you know so i'd just be sitting there for 20 minutes and then you'd hear a fucking like thing in the mix and you'd be like that sounds like shit yeah. and then you'd have to cancel it and st- Darn all fucking over. It's just like <laughs> god damn you. On the the rare occasion that I do bounce down real time because I'm like mixing and I'll be using, you know, some outboard compressors or mm-hmm. things. Um there are the occasions like you said where <laughs> where you'll hear just for the nat- nature of hardware, you'll hear like some little like like not not a pop but like a little tick sound mm-hmm. or something just from the the capacitors or something doing something. <laughs> Um, and you'll be like, okay, gotta gotta rebounce down the whole thing, and um, until hopefully it goes through clean, <laughs> <laughs> go through clean, goddamn it. Yeah. Um, okay, so so you did kind of answer this, but maybe there's some more you can add. Uh, do you enjoy working with hardware like instruments, microphone pedals, speakers, or software like DAWs, effects, EQ, and samples? Yeah, I mean, I'm more of a, I mean, out of the, uh, I don't do a lot of sample stuff because mm-hmm. of the kind of a music I, I do record it's more based on the 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 group writing a song and bringing it to me mm-hmm. and then we go and record it with you know real microphones and instruments um i mean i'll do i'll do some like as far as like 
I don't necessarily do samples, but I do do some looping and stuff with like percussion instruments and some of this music just because it's so quick and easy to do now. You know, if we want a shaker, you know, have them do four bars of a shaker and then I'll just loop it through for right. consistency. Yeah. For sure. um, because, you know, I tend to stay on the verge of you, you want things to sound, you know, clean. You want it to sound, you know, I say commercial, but the the most people are used to listening to a certain level of thing, like mm. just not even talking about musicians or anything. If they hear some, if a normal, I say normal person, but you know, if somebody just <laughs> that enjoys listening to music yeah. is, uh, you know, listening to something and it's not recorded to a click track and there's tons of speed ups and slowdowns. Um, a lot of times, you know, the, they can tell, you know, and yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, Consistency is important, you know, for modern music. Um, but you know, there's also times where I'll I won't record the click jack just because um some of the artists I work with can't can't record the click track or it just sounds better naturally for them to play it without yeah. a click track. <laughs> yeah, well that that the the first reasoning I, I don't know like because I, mean, I I still have trouble with click tracks and I'm somebody who likes to practice with click tracks but I'm just that kind of asshole. Uh, but the oh oh moving Dutchman I forgot you gifted a sub to Bigfoot Studios so you get to your name on my arm. There you go. Oh, cool. Like just like Indie <laughs> Fox, right, guy? Nice. You using a sharpie? Yes, I'm an idiot. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh nice <laughs> there it is there you go get that tattooed later there you go moving dutchman i hope you like your name on it. Uh... <laughs> oh my god i don't know what the hell that was all right get out of there anyways there you go moving dutchman that was for you uh, uh but but i do feel like those the the click tracks are weird because i still have trouble with them do you <laughs> Have you, have you like, have you seen somebody just like sweating it and trying to get it? And like, you know, like, because when you're in a studio setting, mm -hmm. you're paying by the hour. So, yeah. so when you're sitting there struggling with a click track, there's this mounting pressure that's yeah. already, that's already there. I, I mean, how have you witnessed this? I mean, have you witnessed I mean, someone I've, I've take hours? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of times people just can't record to a click track, mm. like it's not in their DNA or something. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of that comes with some of the like singer songwriter type artists. Um, so, you know, usually that ends up being a lot of a really <laughs> a tough one for me sometimes just because the editing process is going to be extremely uh very long and afterwards what, what uh, goes in oh please finish what you're gonna say yeah because uh like uh you know a singer songwriter they'll naturally if they can't record their click track there'll be speed ups and slow downs and if they want to add like drums or other instruments they have to record to the the you know artist doing this so afterwards i you know because i i like my stuff to have a certain quality you know when it comes out of here mm -hmm. i i spend a long a lot of time afterwards being sure everything is consistent with each other so it sounds like the group is you know doing these changes together yeah um so you know 
it, those those ones are fun in a different kind of way just it tests it tests my abilities you know as mm. far as editing and doing things manually because there's no pro tool shortcuts for someone that can't play to a click track. <laughs> it's like they're, they're, there's tons there's tons of ways to you know line up people to a grid if they're mm. playing to a click track right at least close to the click track um but there's right. nothing to to fix someone that can't yeah that's tough so like how do you do that if, if someone leaves the studio and like you're just not able to get them to record or click what what do you do what, what i mean do you just take a piece that works and then just loop it or like... oh, I, I i work with the whole track and then oh. i i work i try to you know fix anything that's obviously like a rhythmic error mm. i manually fix it mm. you know by shifting things around in pro tools um and then you know when the drummer or bass or you know or strings or whatever they add to it come and play um they won't match up perfectly Hmm. so i'll have to shift things around to match the the original part which most of the time is the acoustic and the vocal so I'll, you know, I'll just be looking at the Pro Tools grid and lining up, you know, transients of say kick and snare to, you know, the the down beats on the acoustic guitar, things like that. Oh, wow. um, and it's a long process um, and tedious. Very tedious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy doing it, but I, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot fu- more fun for me when I can get to the mixing part. Right. a lot sooner <laughs> no i feel you i feel yeah, you there. editing is fun and it's it's great to you know listen to a before and after of something unedited versus edited but uh um if i can get the edit done sooner and start the mixing that's kind of where things you know come to life in another another way yeah um so it's it's a it's an interesting time for sure working with uh non non click track songs <laughs> yeah well yeah and, and i mean the the fact that you're able to to do it in a way that sounds reasonable and doesn't sound all mm-hmm. fucked up you know like that ability to do that just came with digital editing because you yeah. weren't doing that with tape i mean i oh, guess you, <laughs> i mean i guess the tape every like <laughs> like a micro right <laughs> but, but you but you know what's interesting? I, you know, I talked to a lot of old heads, you know, on the show who who mm-hmm. recorded with, you know, fucking Motown and 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 mm-hmm. you know these different recording studios, and that's one thing that they're consistent about is like, man, is like back in the day, you had to know how to play your instrument because yeah. there was no fucking looping, there was no quantizing, there was none of this mm-hmm. shit, there was no shifting and slicing yeah. shit up every fucking you know millisecond it's like nah son you had to fucking be on yeah. point and you had to be on your instrument and and I, I mean do you think that with tech the way technology is do you think that it is allowing people to become more you know less less uh less, less uh, proficient yeah less proficient at their instrument i, I do honestly think that that's the case you know people jump in too soon to you know creating i mean it's, it's it's great to create your own music but people jump in too soon to releasing their music mm-hmm. to say on spotify or things um i mean i think 
I really do think, you know, an artist should really take the time to learn their instruments and uh, get to a certain level before they, you know, officially put something out, you know? Um, I mean, I've, I mean, there's a, I've heard a lot of great artists, you know, I've heard some, you know, not so great, but good. And then there's some that I don't necessarily know why they're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this? And why are you doing it to me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I feel you. I feel you. I've, um, you know, it was funny last time I was at your studio, we were kind of talking about, you know, a band with the basses were, was sort of just doing whatever they felt like. And, the, mm -hmm. but it is like, oh my God, it's just like if there's one member of the band who is not at least equal to the the proficiency of the rest of the band or or i mean you could not be yeah. the greatest but you could be on fucking key mm -hmm. and you know especially as a bassist you don't have to be a fucking amazing rock star bassist to just hit the fucking root notes you know like you could just go yeah. do 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 hitting quarter notes and shit <laughs> do it son yeah it's a you know people i mean and a lot of it comes with inexperiences people yeah. pl playing too much most of the time that's you know, because they don't know their place in the band and not saying their place is lesser or greater mm. value or anything. It's just, they don't know what works with playing in a band. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I, I'd rather take, like you said, a bass player that's, you know, just hitting on the kick and the snare than <laughs> somebody that's, you know, noodling around and playing 20 too many notes yeah that, that, that doesn't even go there those notes don't yeah. go there son like fucking yeah. step back a few uh yeah. have, have you ever had to like tell an artist or or a band or something like hey i don't think you're ready for this like maybe i'll give you like here's your money back like maybe you should come back in a month <laughs> I, i've never told anyone to leave <laughs> get out <laughs> no, but i have had the times where i have to you know, really step in as far as like a producer role, mm. you know, more of an unexpected producer role right. when I, when, when I'm working with a less experienced group, um, just to help them kind of figure out what needs to be played, um, and what's going to really make their song work. Mm. Um, at least based on, you know, my opinion, you know, and opinions are subjective, but I, I tend to think, you know, if an artist comes to me to record they you know for the most part respect what i have to say yeah um so you know i've had you know i've had to tell bass players to chill out and you know play less notes and you know I, you know a lot of it's similar like i call them noodlers you know the guys that just noodle around and don't really know what a bass part is yeah um and then it, it seems it's just the most common with bass players um guitar players too yeah for for somewhat you know i've had guitar players that noodle around but they but the band gives me full range to edit whatever i want afterwards so i can <laughs> kind of turn it into something that works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or just lightly, lightly have some noodles some here somewhere here and there but right right yeah it doesn't need to be everywhere all over everything stepping yeah. on the vocals and shit <laughs> it's yeah, like come exactly. on bro it'll leave some room for the rest of the band um uh, but yeah those those uh have, have you had to like deal with ego in regards to that kind of shit where you're like you're trying to correct it or you're just being like hey man you're making my job hard whatever it is 
have you had like pushback and had to deal with that kind of ego? And it doesn't even have to be yeah. in this kind of setting. It could just be in like, you know, no, this is how it is, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've definitely dealt with some, you know, people with egos and um, usually I'm able to, you know, part of being a recording engineer is kind of, you know, you're kind of like a, <laughs> like a psychologist and, <laughs> You know, you, you learn to judge people really quickly, mm. you know, when they come in and what kind of person they are, not even what kind of musician they are. Right. Um, so I learned to, you know, I'll know pretty quickly if this is a person that will want my advice or if it's if it's just somebody I've just got to ride the ride the ride with, you know, and yeah. let them do whatever, <laughs> whatever they are going to do, you know. Mm. Um, so for the most part, it's I get people that or uh, want want me to help them you know through the process and want input and stuff uh but there is the occasional person where i just have to kind of sit back and and just do do my job versus be part of the creative process right yeah and and um, and, 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 and i say you know like because i've been in situations where you know the recording engineer does kind of turn into a, like a producer because yeah you know because because sometimes people come in there and they're unexperienced in or inexperienced mm -hmm. and, and they're just like, they just don't even know or like, and they're like writing in the studio. It's like, oh, your song's not even done. Or like, you know, like I, I've been in an experience before where like the band, you know, it was a bigger band. And when we went to record, there were parts of the song that were just in the live setting and there was, and, and we never addressed it, but like, you know, mm -hmm. like the changes were always off and like, there was never really right. And that's how we played it live. And we yeah. just sort of let it go because we just, you know, inexperience of like not, you know, really yeah. focusing and, and doing, um, you know, and I get that kind of stuff a lot. Like a, a lot of the ones I see are where, you know, like you're talking about changes where people will be changing on say the one or the three, if we're talking in like a four bar mm -hmm. or they'll be changing. Other guys will be changing on the end of, you know, four, yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, just, just those, like, slight inconsistencies that make for a sloppy, so, so, like, sounding song. Right. Um, so those are the kind of things that, you know, do have to be addressed. It's like, and more so it's me, like, saying, okay, which which one of you is right? <laughs> and who's going to fix it, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it's like, we need to make that decision here together, guys. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we got. We all have to be on the same thing here, guys. Uh, it, it, it is weird, man. It's weird. It's weird recording with, like, bands and stuff, like, um, you know, dealing with the, just the different personalities. It, I, I, it's just so interesting because, like, I've been in situations, too, where, like, the engineer is kind of grumpy and, like, not mm. really... You know, like not really happy to be there that day or something. And then the band's like arguing and stuff. So there's all this like, I miss playing music with humans. Yeah, I feel you, pizza. I feel you. I feel you. It, it, it's gotten weird, but you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. But it's, uh, I don't know, man, like dealing with personalities, dealing with, uh, is that is that sometimes taxing for you? Is that something, I mean, especially as an introvert is like, Dealing with um, these kind of bigger personalities, you know, consistent like this, is that something that's, uh, I mean, do you like that part of the job? Um, it really depends. Like, 
I, I like I like it some, and I also it really depends on the personality and how much of you know what to, what we're talking about. But for the most part, I can deal with it and be fine. A lot of times, I'll you know the session will be over and I'll have a you know massive headache or oh my god like that you know yeah. just because I, I I can't really say or do what I want just because I know it's not going to. It's not the type of artist that wants to hear it, you know. Yeah. So it's so those are tougher situations. Um, but for the most part, you know, I'm fine. I can I'll you know do do my job and help and help make their you know song the best it can possibly be. Um and you know, so I guess depends on the <laughs> depends on the person <laughs> yeah i feel you man it's it's yeah. a, it's always it's just it's dealing with random people or uh, you know you're dealing with you're dealing with randos a lot just because you know you might make contact with a band but you know the but the you you, you talk to one person and then the band mm -hmm. shows up and then you know you got the assholes who are yeah drunk or doing drugs or whatever it is it's, yeah and it's, then then there's all the guys that think they're recording engineers that are fun to deal with <laughs> ah, backseat engineers son. yeah so so those are those are the ones that are tough to deal with because i can't you know as a professional you know person i, I tr try to you know lean towards i try to be as professional as possible i can't exactly you know talk back or say things you know and say oh you're you're stupid or <laughs> Right. Or you know, it's like Fuck I'm not you. trying to start arguments. It's like you, I can't be like you. You have no idea what you're talking about. It's like the, that's not even a thing. You know, <laughs> what you just told me is not even a thing, sir. You should just leave now. Yeah, that 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 must be fun. I mean, because like I know that because I have a limited understanding of engineering and mixing and stuff like that. I, I know that I've I've been that guy who's been like. No, we gotta do it like this. Just pan it hard, a hard right, pan it hard right, and then everything's gonna be good. And they're like, yeah. no, no, and, it and won't. I, you know, I get pretty, I'm pretty good at translating. Like, like everyone's, you know, a mixing engineer. At least they think they are. <laughs> so it's like they'll be saying stuff in some weird way and be like, you know, can you make the guitar sound like? more angry yeah <laughs> you know or some like weird you know definition that really doesn't apply to a guitar necessarily yeah and i'll be like okay I, I think i know what you mean you know sure um, so you get to you you get to learn quickly how to translate what weird things people come up with to describe something <laughs> yeah the, well um i do you uh what is their name L ltd sound system have you ever heard of ltd sound system i haven't no um they were like they were like part of like that um party indie rock movement back in the early 2000s like in new york um they were part of like th like the strokes you know like the strokes they okay. hit it big back in that time when rock and roll was kind of coming back um <laughs> So he, they were, their band was pretty big and, they, and you know, they're pretty still big for, <laughs> I need more sparkle on that triangle, please. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the producer, but the guy who does the band, who's the lead of the band LTD, he is a, uh, he's also a recording engineer and producer. And I, I, I might be getting this wrong. It's been a long time since I read the book, but, um, 
but they used to say like he was so good because he'd be working with people who might not be full on musicians. And sometimes that's, that's so awesome. Like sometimes that's really cool to work with bands who aren't necessarily musicians, but they are so in tune with their art that it doesn't matter. Right. Cause it's like, they're so tight. It's like, they might know only like five chords, you know, and, or, and barely be able to play that shit, but they play it in a way that sounds beautiful. And, and they are able to come together and make these simple pieces fit together really well into something that's 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 amazing mm -hmm. and so when you're dealing with people who aren't actually musicians and they don't know the actual terminology so they were saying um i really like working with that guy i forgot his name from ltd because i could say um i need it to sound blue can you make it sound blue and they're just like yep coming right up and then like and then they make it sound blue and so that ability to sort of translate what people are trying to tell you, especially in that setting of, of, of engineering and producing, because you're, you're capturing sound, right? You're capturing a certain vibe that they want and, and they might be able to hear it in their head, but they might not be able to explain it that well to you. So they're just saying like angry guitar and you're like angry guitar coming up. But, yeah. but if you were going to sit there with them and you, and you're like, well, can you, Give me, you know, like what kind of frequency? What kind of frequency? Where would it sit? You know, between what and what? Or like, yeah. you know, like what? What do you, you want? Higher mids? You know, like what do you want? What do you want the sound to be? You want it to be kind of a washed out sound? Whatever it is. Which, by the way, none of what I just said is actual engineering terms. <laughs> I'm just making <laughs> shit up right now. But it, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, in the be to be able to do that and to be able to like do I mean that's that's a skill of all of all of on its own. Uh, <laughs> what when someone tells you something like I need a I need it to sound I need it to sound red like what would you translate <laughs> that in? like I need I need the piano to sound red in your head what would you translate that to? Well, I've had too many people ask me for colors, but you know I, when I when I think of red, I I would tend to think of something a little more you know mid-rangey a little harsher mm. you know punchier yeah you know i'm gonna bring back the word angry you know red goes with angry yeah um so Heat heavy yeah yeah so just like heavier yeah so, so i'd i tend to probably make things just kind of more in your face yeah bring it up front a little more yeah a little more a little more something Give it some more something. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think about the use of compression? There's there's some people who are like, it, which that's a weird question. What do you think about the use of compression? Uh, but but there are some engineers who are like compression is cheating. Uh, what do you think of that? What, what, how does that fall? Uh, you know, I think compression is a tool just like anything like an equalizer or um, we can even go as far as saying it's, you know, like an effect. Mm -hmm. um it's also a good good tool for getting things to sit in a mix yeah so i mean a lot of times you won't need a compressor if the musician is like like a lot of compression is used on drums fairly often to tame dynamics like say the snare is not he's hitting the snare slightly different every time and sometimes it's softer sometimes it's louder right um you can use compression to kind of even that out um, but a lot of times you get drummers that just naturally, like they do the same hit every time, right? You know, for, which works great for certain styles of music. 
And a lot of times you get drummers that are more dynamic and you don't want to kill the dynamics either. So, you know, it's a tool. It can be used and it can be abused. You know, it can be, uh, it can really, uh, it can destroy a mix very easily, but it can also help it a lot. Well, what what's an example of how uh, compression might be abused? What what what, um, what kind a lot of, of you know a lot of times when I'm thinking of abused like compression and mm. and things I I think of limiting you know which is a form of compression, mm. um and you know the loudness war that you know that was going on for so long right it has to be uh, that, has that to was be an abuse right? of compression. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's just. <laughs> That's how you just it's like you work so hard on a mix and then mm. you know people want it so loud afterwards right. that you just smash it with a compressor mm. to get it loud right um so there's really it pretty much destroys what you worked on you know right. if you really because because you can hear you know all this ducking happening mm-hmm. when, when i say ducking like when, when he's hitting the snare and the compressor's catching it you can hear that like happening yeah. and like pumping and and different things which pumping is used in music now like a lot of like hip-hop and stuff and it's you know works great for that but if you got a folk song or or something and it's like pumping and stuff <laughs> right. it's like, you don't, it's like that doesn't exactly work for yeah you don't need that compression chain fucking thing in there or whatever yeah. uh what do they call that what's the technique called it's chain comp- um parallel compression parallel compression where you can put it on like a kick and then have the kick sort of duck um Oh, that, yeah, that's up. just called ducking. Yeah, yeah that's ducking. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, oh, yeah, you, you come, send the. Oh, you gonna come on my show and correct me, Travis? Is that how it's gonna be? <laughs> oh, you were you were right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah, yeah. kidding. I don't. No, by the way, you you do this every fucking day. <laughs> I do this like anytime Raina needs me to do something or I need to make a new stupid video or something dumb. <laughs> so it's like. I, I totally have stepped away from even trying to do this on a professional level only because I know that I'm not willing to put in that time to really, really, really be good at it because that's just not what I'm interested in. But it is fun. I mean, like, you know, what I've found really fun to do um, in my older years is is micro editing is fun for me. Like just, you know, fucking just, you know, cleaning up the the you know the dead space between you know uh phrasing and 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 you yeah. know, cleaning shit up and having little micro fades at the end of the of the that that kind of shit has become kind of fun for me and mm-hmm. it's like so tedious and it's something that I've hated to do in the past but it's like wrapping up chords, setting up, setting up, uh, setting up for a gig or setting up for stream or putting stuff away like like in my older years, it's become so fun for me. Like I just enjoy wrapping cables and putting stuff away, putting stuff where it's supposed to go. Unless I'm in a hurry, then it just goes wherever I put it. And I, I don't know. Is that something that you found that that you like to do? I mean, as someone who has to put equipment away and bring it out and micro edit and do all these, you're constantly moving stuff around. Is that something you enjoy? Do you enjoy yeah, that part I mean, of it? it, it. It's a really very a tedious thing to do, but mm. it's enjoyable the, to do. But it, 
Um, for the most part, the joy I get out of it is the after after editing. Mm -hmm. Like when I listen back and be like, okay, you know, all this like little stuff that I just did and spent tons of time on makes a big difference mm -hmm. in the end. It just takes it to a whole nother level of, you know, clean sounding and uh, just pr professional. And it, it's just, I, I do a lot of that, you know, where I, my, I usually am like, okay, listen to the before editing. I listen to after editing and then move on to mixing. I'll listen to my mix then listen to before mixed, mm. then do the same thing for mastering and mixing just because I'm listening. Like, okay, what did I really do here to improve, you know, this song? Because it's a big part of the learning process too. Um, it's knowing if you did something that didn't work, you know, you want to know that and know mm. not to do it the next time or know when to use it and not use it. Right. Um, so it's like a big part of, you know, the job is I'm always learning and always learning what works for certain things. Um, that way I can do them quickly when the time comes. Um, because no one wants to sit around and watch me, you know, edit stuff and, Oh, how do I, you you'd know, be surprised. Line up the kick in the snare or <laughs> dude, you'd be surprised. I mean, Honestly, I think it would be really interesting if you started um, just capturing, screen capturing, and streaming your your process. Like people yeah. do it all the time. People do production all the time, and people love it for whatever reason. People just love hanging out. They love. It. I mean, if you're talking about expanding your streams in a, in a way that where like you're not relying on the people for content. I mean, you're a content creator all the time just by what you're doing so you could i mean of course this is if you want to like go through this kind of shit i mean the, the thing is, is that you've already gone through all the pain and struggle of learning how to stream especially yeah. on the level that you are streaming on um that it's already it's already set up really it would just really just be like I mean, if anything this would be the easiest part of streaming that you do yeah. uh, just something to think about if that's something that you would be interested in but i'm telling you people they just they're just editing audio and people are just hanging out or or they're making tunes or the producer or whatever and people mm. love that shit man it, they really do uh, yeah see I, I watch people do production sometimes i like it oh my goodness how dare you moving dutchman i got a couple of questions here because i mean now now i'm in like recording mode and like i'm yeah. a fucking <laughs> nerd so like this is where i love this shit uh mm. So what when you're when you're trying to we'll do that D Dutchman just give me a second here. Uh let me ask a couple questions first cuz I don't want to lose them cuz I'm really good at losing questions. Um so when you're mastering something what are you listening back on and and you know like some people listen to their in their car and then they'll listen on their iPhone and then they'll listen on their monitors and then they'll listen you know uh, like Jack White I, uh, something that I love that Jack White does because me, I'll go out to the car and listen if it sounds good in the car and I'm like, fuck it, it's out. We're putting it out there. <laughs> um, but he, the but like Jack White, he what he has is he has like a, a transmitter that transmit uh, his his song. He can transmit anything music into his car. So it's like mm. like it's a sh little tiny radio station basically that only has yeah. so many you know can only project so far. Yeah, and he'll go to his car, and fucking if it sounds good, broadcast through his radio. He's like the master is done. So, uh, mm -hmm. what what is your what is your, how do you check your masters and your mixes? What are you yeah, listening on? It's a, it's a fairly similar process to what you mentioned. Mm -hmm. 
but like for for mixing you know I'll, obviously i'll be listening you know for most of the time on the studio monitors mm. that i have um and you know i also use sonar works which is great it it kind of tuned your room for you so oh, that yeah. if there's any inconsistencies in the room you're listening in it kind of kind of eqs them out oh, so wow. you're listening in a more flat frequency oh wow that's interesting and, and um, like is that one of the ones where they have like that noise that goes you know what i'm talking about yeah well there yeah it's like a a noise calibration yeah pro, or a sound calibration program you, you basically use a calibration microphone and set up your monitors in the room you're in and if there's any say like nulls in the sound or mm. where frequencies are too much or too little it will kind of make up for for those um, <laughs> there you go so, so that's one thing i do and that's more so i i have that on all the time you know because oh, okay. um but but as far as like you know referencing and listening to my mixes and stuff i'll be listening on um i i sum my stereo mixes to mono and i use a a little oratone speaker which mm. is like a basically sounds like a a, a mid-rangey speaker like a a radio kind of like what you're talking about jack yeah. white's kind of thing um and then i'll also you know email it to myself listen in the car mm. um you know listen on the phone basically any places i can listen to you know i'll listen to it um and for the most part it, you know, it sounds like I want it to sound. Hmm. Um, it used just, to be just from complete. just from what you have set up in your yeah, own just from space. just from experience too, yeah. and knowing how things sound and how things translate hmm. on what I work with. Um, so experience is a huge part of it, and just tuning your ear to be listening for, you know, things that will, you know, translate to, say most things people listen to right. or most things people listen on. I mean, mm. um, so it's just, it's a, for, for the most part, I do listen in my car mm. and I listen on my, I listen in mono and some everything, which is mostly to be listening for any phasing or polarity problems. So thinness of sound. Yeah. Um, if anything is, uh, canceling each other out like a lot of you'd be surprised like a a lot of the stuff i hear like when you or things that i've gotten from other studios or things that i've worked on all these little things like say for the most part people record with two overhead mics <laughs> on drums um and a lot of times the, <coughs> one of the mics is out of phase and out of polarity from the other so it's just super thin sounding um so it's just little things like that that you learn to listen for and learn to fix um that really help the the final product right yeah the, you know it, it's funny it's like as years go on and I'm, i am you know i do more and more mixing and stuff it's like you hearing the subtleties of just like like for instance the the uh, the other day, I was like, man, my guitar sounds so fucking muddy. It's just doesn't, it's not popping out. And so I was looking at the EQ and there was nothing, like nothing was done to the guitar, first of all. So I was just like, well, there's first of a problem. 
And all I did was cut out the low end, you know, the low end of the frequency. Mm-hmm. And and just by doing that, that subtle thing, it like made the guitar pop like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and and all you're doing is taking out the low end uh, or the muddled or the mud, basically, of the sound that's not even really picked up, but it's just putting off these shitty frequencies that's fucking up the rest of the mix. Mm-hmm. And and you just eliminate those frequencies by by cutting that off. Like, it, it stood out on its own and it made... And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is like... It, it's crazy it, it, and the fact that it was just i'm just giving myself a pat on the back here travis that's really all i'm doing uh only but it was just amazing that i was able to hear it and it was able to come through so um it just means i'm getting better at, at, at my ears are getting better and and yeah. i don't know that's like to me that's fucking so fun to see progress all right let me get baby yoda uh, let me get Baby Yoda here. Uh, let me see if I can. Everybody, we gotta, we gotta summon Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, are you out there, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, are you there? Yes. Hello, Baby Yoda. Can you hear me, Baby Yoda? Are you there? Hello, Baby Yoda. Yes. Hello? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I don't... Oh, Baby Yoda. There you are. Hello? Hey, Baby Yoda. What's up? Boom! There he is. (laughs) Baby Yoda, how are you doing? Amazing. Amazing? Oh my God! I didn't. I, amazing. It's like, wh- why are you doing amazing? What happened that that made your day so amazing? My mom. My mom ripped out one of my teeth. Oh my God! What a barbarian! Why would she but it do? Was wiggly. It was wiggly. Yeah. You had, oh oh your baby teeth are falling out. Yeah. Oh shit, that's dope. Mama Yoda does exist. That's right, Dutchman. We're learning new stuff about the Star Wars universe today. Uh, so, baby Yoda, uh, uh, what are you gonna do with your uh, missing front teeth? Uh, I'm gonna give it to the tooth fairy. Ooh, did 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 you uh have you done the tooth fairy thing yet? Have you gotten any money yet? Yes. Ooh. Today I actually got $20. What? For a tooth? For a rotted out tooth? Yes. I like those exchange rates, son. That's better than my bitcoins doing right now. Uh I should just start yanking teeth out of my head and invest in myself. Uh, Baby Yoda, do you have a question for today's guest, Travis Guyman of Bigfoot Studios here in lovely Toledo, Ohio? Yes. What is your question, please? How old are you? Great question. Travis Guyman, how old are you? I am 30 years old. He is 30 years old. Baby Yoda, what do you think of that? Amazing. Amazing. Wow, that's great. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, uh, Do you have any other questions for Travis? Mm, 
Yeah. And what would that be? What's your favorite thing to do? What is your favorite <laughs> thing to do? Travis, what is your favorite uh, thing to do? Oh my gosh, so close. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing to do is probably, uh, you know, listen to music, hang out, my, hang out with my wife, uh, the 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 normal kind of things, I guess. I, mean, I don't, I, nothing too strange. <laughs> <laughs> nothing too strange. Well, you're you're in the wrong place then. Well, uh -oh. tra tra Travis says he likes to hang out with his wife. And listen to music. Mm. Mm. What do you like to do, Baby Yoda? Use my Yoda phone. Use your Yoda phone? Yeah. That's all you do? You're just on your Yoda phone all day? Well, it's something I like to do. Well, your Yoda mom maybe need to step in and not let you just stare at a device all day. Don't worry, I did some Yoda schoolwork. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, uh, Travis, do you have a question for Baby Yoda before we let him go? Uh, hmm. How old are you, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda, how old are you? Uh, I'm mostly... <laughs> I am 50 and still baby. Oh, you're 50, but still a baby. Yeah, because wow. uh, in Yoda years, that's... Yeah, that's, that's real young in that's Yoda really years. young, yeah. So, Baby Yoda, thank you so much for coming on the show and being a part of the show as as, as usual. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, do you have any final words before you go? Have a great day. Oh, and may the force oh, be with you. you. May the force be with you, Baby Yoda. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much, bud. All right, Baby Yoda, everybody! Oh, jeez. <laughs> there he is. Baby Yoda, everybody. There he is. There you go, Moving Dutchman. Uh, that was that was your uh, redemption. Uh, you can use your points to talk to Baby Yoda or Baby Groot. You can also use your points to ask questions from the guests, and you can also use what you can use your points to hear Hot Boy Summer or a song uh, from our our lovely collection of music, which only consists of two songs. All right, guys, uh, uh, I got a couple more questions here, and then we're gonna we got we gotta do one more thing before we let uh, Travis go here. So, um, <clears throat> so what? How do you uh, how do you fight ear fatigue? How do you fight your fatigue? Uh, by listening at lower levels and mixing at lower levels. Um, mm. I, you know, try not to blast. You know, I'll listen a little bit louder for short stints of time. Um, but for the most part, I'll be mixing at, you know, very low levels. Because a lot of times you can hear, especially like bass placement and things like that while listening softer really um yeah because when you crank things up your your kind of your room starts to act more mm. and um like the bass in the room starts mm. to you know yes. resonate so when you're listening lower you're you're not it's not affecting you as much like what you're hearing yeah your spatial the spatial 
whatever, right? Like you're not listening, you're not hearing the bass bounce off your back corner and sort of amplify itself or however yeah. it works. Because you, you you go around, you know, play something in your room and you know sit, you know, sit where you normally sit, but sit in the back, you know, sit in the middle. Hmm. It sounds different pretty much everywhere. Hmm. Um and you get uh kind of used to where you're sitting and like where i'm sitting right now and this is where i am mixing i have like a cloud above me and stuff so so i'm not hearing as much of the you know the reflections off the walls what's a thing. cloud uh it's, it's a mine's it's made out of rock wool mm. um it's like absorption material that's placed above your head yeah i have um, one here too by the way okay <laughs> oh all right <laughs> good for you <laughs> no no i just because people don't know you know like people listen it's like what, what, there's a cloud in your studio like you yeah no, it's, it rains <laughs> that that does well you know, for the uh, electronics um but yeah I, I i get you uh so so listening at lower lower levels is definitely a good way to sort of prevent fatigue i've heard that before but mm -hmm. I, but for me it's so weird because like I feel like I just feel like that's just rookie shit though it's like where you like if I don't hear it and I don't feel it thumping against <laughs> my chest this shit ain't mixing yeah. bitch you know so, <laughs> so yeah that's that's some rookie shit but but yeah that that's that's legit that's legit mm -hmm. uh what is there a is there a particular technique in recording or mixing that you've recently learned or are trying to learn um uh, you know something that you've mastered in the past though or, or, or anything like that is there a technique that you've recently learned or that you had you know like so is there any barriers that you had to get past or uh in in mixing before you could become yeah the I mean, travis <laughs> become become me i mean like uh I guess one of the things that I've gotten the most proficient at over the years is, you know, placing microphones and learning how to think in the minds kind of a, of a microphone because, mm. because you know, microphones all have their own characteristics and learning to know what microphones will work best with different sources and different instruments. is kind of something you learn over time and also learning because I do a lot of live recording and things like that learning where to place microphones so i get less bleed of different instruments mm. um because say like if you know i see a lot of stuff like people just a lot of live sound guys just throw mics on a drum kit and that's it you know right uh, don't really know don't think about you know they just point them at the drum and that's it yeah you know you can if you point a mic at any point of the drum head it's going to sound different right and knowing kind of where to point it to get the sound that the artist wants is a skill that you know takes some time to develop right i appreciate you having me on the stream of course of course thank you so much for being on the stream and and hanging out with us and and uh you know telling giving us some inside info on what it's like to be out there just uh you know, I mean, it's not an easy gig, what you're doing. And, like, how long did it take you to get to a point where you could, like, live off of what you do? Uh, I mean, I've only been self-employed, you know, recording engineer for going on three years now. So, uh, probably about 
uh, for me, it was probably about seven or eight years wow. until I went full time. And and uh, what were you doing uh, beforehand? Like, uh, what was your day job? Pretty much everything. Oh, shit. Uh, for the, I, I, you know, I have trouble, you know, working for people. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of like, <laughs> you know, mowing and side job type stuff and just anything I could do to, you know, make money. Right. Well, not anything. I'm not going to say that. Cause oh, that, yeah. He was doing anything. Let me tell you, folks. <laughs> you didn't know Travis. He got desperate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't know Travis either. <laughs> uh, why, why am I hearing things? Why do I things? Why do I hear things? I don't like that. Uh, okay. Well, dude, thank you again so much. And um, I fucking I always enjoy going to your studio. You are always so nice. You and Austin are so awesome. And I appreciate when, that. Thank you. When are you guys going to be? Um, when When are you going to start the live streams back up? Because I know you're oh, taking just... a break. Yeah, well, we just actually came back last Thursday with uh, Jack and the Bear from uh, Michigan. Uh, this week we'll be back on with Moths in the Attic. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. Those sons yeah. of I love them. We got quite a few lined up here. So, yeah, we stream to Twitch and, you know, a bunch of other places. So be sure to check it out. Yeah, make sure you go and follow him on that, sh on that shout out. Make sure you're up to date with him. Uh, like again, I Travis is making like awesome content. Like it's just always a good band. It's not some shitty bands. It's it's always a good show. And um, again, just so tune in and hang out with Travis. <laughs> Thank you so much, Travis. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Again, if you are in the Toledo region and you're looking for a place to, um, to, to record your next album, consider Bigfoot Studios. Uh, you can check out the, the website at bigfoot-studios.com. You can also follow him on his socials, uh, and that is all in the show notes. So please do go and uh, click around and support Travis. Even if you don't live in the area, go support and go check out his past work. Like he he puts he has a whole playlist and he has a, a, a SoundCloud play, playlist on his website. We uh, will we'll just go and check it out. Just go check out the music that he's been a part of. I'm sorry, I'm modding at the same time. I have like hiccups happening. And 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 Raina's playing. She's streaming right now. So like, there's just so much going on. So much going on. Uh, but yeah, go to support Travis Bigfoot Dash Bigfoot Dash Studios dot com. Go 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 give you love. Go give love to your boy. Oh my God, I am just not with it today. I'm I I apologize, everybody. I am on the moon today. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm, I'm just on the moon. So uh, much love, everyone. Uh, again, July 16th, Hot Boy Summer will be released. It's going to be hot, some would say. Uh, um, also, I have some, I'm going to be on some podcasts this Saturday, uh, Music Exposed Live on the Silence Noise channel, and that's twitch.tv slash the silence noise, just like it's spelled. 
Uh, and then uh, that's going to be this Saturday, the sixth. Uh, and then I'll be on podcast. I'll just, you know what? Join my Discord and join my socials if you want to know what I'm doing. I, I, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm falling apart here. All right, guys. We will be back Friday with Broken Robots. So stay tuned. I love you guys. Be well. Treat. Be well to your. Wait. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. I'll talk to you guys next or on Friday. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. <laughs>